Hello everyone, welcome back for another episode of Deploy with Garrison. I think we're episode 16 now. Uh, we don't have overly much to go through this week. We're not really going to bother compiling any events. I don't think there's been any more big ones since we spoke with Evan. We had all of those lists building. I made my credit list and then I was like, you know what? I should probably play this. So I played a couple of games with um, Krennic, Double Shores, Double Death Troopers, and yeah, it's all right. The IG is definitely harder to use than uh, Bosk is, which I kind of knew going in. Uh, I, I've been having mixed results there. I will say that IG slaps real good if you bounty a Jedi and then the Jedi stands in front of him. <laughs> what um? What are, I guess... I've used them both, and I felt like I just sort of slotted them back and forth, kind of, you know, based on who I have the points, or really, really just the points for if I have random aim support left over for Bosk, particularly. Um, what are the struggles you feel like you're having? Just, I feel like IG wants aims more than Bosk, ironically, I don't know. Like, three black, three white at range three, I just, I feel like having the one red, three white... And at range, what, two to four is just easier to, like, ah, I put some suppression, take a killer model. It's four white, it... right? It's one red, four white? Yeah, for boss. Yeah. Uh, did I say five? Sorry. You said, uh, no, you said three. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah but like, with with boss, I feel like I always just, my tank selection's easier. Um, I'm happier to just kill something and put suppression out. As in, with IG, it's like, well... If I shoot at range four, I'm probably not going to do damage. Uh, it's just with the one suppression, not two. I've got to get in closer. Um, it doesn't have like tactical or anything to to get you that aim for moving. So I've got to set it up for hunter to trigger it. It just it it felt like a lot more work. Then I had the turn where I was focused on the kill against Obi Wan. And Obi-Wan had taken two wounds already through guardianing people. And then I just slapped him and I was like, yeah, okay, I see this now. Um, so yeah, like it, I definitely like him if I'm play, facing someone who has the lightsaber. That's great. Like, really good. I'm on board. But for most of my other games, I'm like, oh, but the simplicity of Bosk, being able to play line in wait, turn one every time and not worry about it. Then having that turn where, oh, Reptorian Rampage this turn. Two shots, you know, easy. So, yeah, it's been a lot more work. I think that might be the difference, too, is like, so the, boy, I don't, I'm going to goof up. I never, I'm forming this as I say it, so I don't want to, like, sound insulting here. But I think the line of play for Bosk is more obvious, especially when he's your main yeah. piece. I've been talking, um, the way I've been saying it, Zach, is that boss floor just feels higher. Yeah. But the ceiling might also be lower, but it's a lot harder to play boss badly. Yeah, where I'm playing IG is almost always as my second character. Yeah. I, I either play him with Vader or Boba, where, you know, both those characters have six command cards. You really want to play four plus of them. So, you know, I, IG usually is, and granted, I haven't played them since the points update, but usually it is just, all right, here's Ruth to give him a name if he really needs it. Um, you know, he's got Hunter because either a sniper team or a bike, 
probably will have damaged something for him, and then it's just machine-made for killing for that one turn. I need him to be dynamic, and otherwise it's, you know, he's he's just there to annoy things or scare things that bother my, my list centerpiece. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm struggling to get my head around with uh, with IG88 is like with Bosk, I'll be further back and just constantly do apply a wound or suppression. With IG, I'm like trying to do too much with him. Like, I, my my plan in in the Obi Wan game was to bounty Obi Wan and then keep IG around all of my stuff because Obi Wan's at some point is going to want to come and kill all my stuff. And you know that that safety net to be able to deal with him, and it kind of worked out. But I was more patient. But it still feels like there's times where I want to move, move, and that just feels bad. Whereas in with Bosk, I never, I always get to shoot something. This like one move will put that range four out onto something. Whereas in with IG, I never feel happy if I just take a range four shot. That that is fair. The the range four shot feels a little bad with IG, but like a lot of times if you aren't feeding aims, you're really just going for that. You know, here's one, one wound through cover, pick a model. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Sure. That's true. Um, then the other stuff I struggled with, I think my first game with my, my double death troopers, I moved one of them into some difficult terrain to get some cover. And uh, then I just felt like I was stuck in there forever. Like, it was one move in, like, a speed one move into it, obviously. But then when I wanted to come out, I didn't want to go back in because it was kind of would have been moving back into a corner in the wrong direction. So I'm like, oh, if I don't go, it would have been quicker in hindsight to move straight back out and then move along it, if you know what I mean. But I started moving in the direction I wanted to move so I could stand by and do all of that and. It just it felt really bad, so I, I swapped out um, offensive push for Overwatch and um, environmental gear. Then the, the game I played after that, there was no difficult train on my part of the table, so I felt like a moron. <laughs> but equally, I think one of the things that I felt better about was putting a bunch of standbys down in that list uh, with two Death Troopers of Overwatch and the two mortars, I was like, you know what? There's a whole lot of bubble, like overlapping bubbles I can create here if I'm playing a more defensive game against like an aggressive army like Gar tends to be. They want to get to range three, as Zach eloquently was telling me in our chat the other day. Uh, and it just put pressure on my opponent of like, oh, if I move here, that's going to get to shoot me, but I want to, I want to move so that I can take that standby away without getting standby from this other one. So it, it definitely gave my opponent hard choices. So even with getting zero value out of environmental gear, I think that might be something I'll stick with. <laughs> Seems like a good way to go. Um, thinking about the the Bosk versus IG question, Bosk is a lot squishier to move up, whereas generally IG is... Uh, I haven't played either of them extensively, but it seems like IG would be tankier with armor, red saves. It, um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Um, sure. I suppose it's white saves not, not necessarily surging. He's got independent. Yep. Um, 
but he has yeah it's got seven wounds with regen um and you you want to the thing with bosk is you want to get him hurt a little bit so that you can yeah. ride the enraged line because you want to dump all of the strain uh, uh all of the suppression sorry and then heal him back above that line sure and it gets very frustrating to kind of control him um but yeah like you're right if you if you play reptilian rampage take a free wound to move him up into your opponent's like lines shoot something twice he's probably then going to die you do have to be like, a relatively cagey with him right but i kind yeah. of if your do... opponent commits to kill boss they probably can where ig just has that little extra durability like you know the flip side is if you're just sitting there with, trying to whittle one down you can whittle down ig where you can't really do that to boss um, yeah like if you just have like a cleverly placed um sniper or whatever you can you know work your way through ig in a way that you can't do to boss but the flip side is like you know if you're if you're mobile or you can get a a, a heavy weapon or two on boss he'll go down yeah i i worry with ig because of the armor and the proliferation of impact that dark troopers seems to have people considering because you know just armor give it getting the crits to to like ignore any cover you've put him into or whatever. It it's only armor one, but mm -hmm. it still triggers all of the impact stuff. Well, that's I mean that's a bit of a wash there, because impact is after cover. Right. Okay. Um so yeah, critical like, is gonna be a higher threat. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. If you like if your opponent shoots, you know, three hits with impact one into um all oh, right, yeah, this is the argument IG with um, uh, what should you call it? Um, Dark Troopers and the Dodge Token again, isn't it? Work the timing window for spending that Dodge Token. Uh, yes and no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't also, trust my my red saves any better than I trust my white saves. Sure. <laughs> so, no, I mean, that's fair. I, I know I was, that I'm wrong. On <laughs> the face of it, you've got. A non-surging white side. Yes, he has surge two, which basically means he is going to be a white surging save surge. for the most part. Um, versus IG, which has a red save. You know, you're talking three mm -hmm. faces natively versus one face on a defense die. But armor one, in most cases, ends up basically being low profile that can't be taken away from sharpshooter. I mean, if they have yeah. impact, whatever. But no, I get, I, I get the argument. It, it's what five wounds compared to seven. Sure. Um, I think again, I'm still early in my life cycle of playing him as well. Remember, so I'm willing to be more than wrong here. But I also feel like I'm more aggressive with IG than I am with Bosk sure. because I can. Uh, the range band where I want to fight is further out with Bosk. So, yeah. I think that's a, a topic for another day anyway, because as I, as we discussed today, one of the topics I wanted to do was looking at different bounty hunters and what roles they can fill and uh, different operatives and stuff like that. But yeah, um, the only other thing I'm looking at, um, I'm going to paint this list first and persevere with it, but I can change the second unit of Death Troopers to a strike team 
and then change IG into Op Vader. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I, I think that probably has more legs as a Krennic list. And Krennic if Vader. I really needed to, I can still make it the um, the suppression play style that I was aiming for with the IG list because I. The first game I actually pulled it off where I managed to play turn five, it was uh, Annihilation Looms. Then turn six, I played um, IG's Demoralize card and just yeah, walked him up and just like playing key positions. It's like, nah, you're not having that center. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Murderize the, the officer that was going to inspire the veterans and then dumped, uh, dumped all the Demoralize onto the veterans as well. Nice. So, and it was like, yep, yeah, cool. We could just There's save the master of evil at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, mean. I, I can. Yeah, I can do the similar. And or having fear as one of the force powers because I'm not going to take push and choke. So I think you should still take push. I'm still taking my build for Op Vader at the moment because again, I'm relatively light on points. If I want to keep all of the toys on my shores and everything like that, was um, Op Vader with push. Fear into the fray and um, seize. I think I went for. I was back and forth on tenacity and seize. It basically depends if I want a one point bid or not because there is literally nothing else to spend that point on. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, and then I get to play Rain with Vader and prove Zach that he was right all along. I mean, you know, you could just end up being really bad with Vader, but it was funny because you kept talking about how you like the the turn one. Uh, lying in wait play and it's like yeah dude boy yeah, do i have a I'm, card for you to check out i'm fully aware i have my turn one my turn five and my turn six where i don't even have to think unless i get krennic killed like it did in my last game i got him i got krennic murdered in turn four i was like oh, i was so close this close to greatness this close i i did get to uh are we blind deploy the garrison <laughs> and I put my standby say and murderize some clones. It's great. <laughs> the best. Um, it really is. Yeah. I also um have a line on some potential cool new basing material that I'm looking forward to showing off. I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but I think I can have a, a mildly different take on the Scarif basing. Be a little bit more in the tree line rather than on the shore. You mean you um, don't like sand? I have lots of sand, but it'll be um, very coarse and get no. Um, I'm gonna do a lot more <laughs> foliage, sure you I think. Base Vader with on the beach, he'll love it. Mm. Oh, it's free. I do have enough Vader. I think I have three Vader models. I've got two corset Vaders and one op. Yeah, you, know, you get the corset model in Blizzard Force, right? I believe so. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. So I have two Corset Vaders and one Op Vader model um, for reasons I don't know. Right. Um, I believe when I pre-ordered the Battle Forces, um, we I didn't have confirmed at the time that they'd come. With, like, for Maul, I have a, a, a Separatist Maul as well because I didn't know I'd get all of his command cards and everything in the Battle Forces. So I just, yeah, I'm just an idiot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we know. We know. So, other than that, I, I haven't got too much Legion done. I mean, two games in, in three days is pretty good for me. I, I yeah, actually put, put effort in. Yeah. 
Um, I know that's, Alan hasn't had had time to play much. So, um, Zach, you had some a game as well, right? Yeah, I, I did manage to sneak one in. Um, I got my uh, Mr. Andor, I'm going to call him, so as to not wake the pup. Well, maybe I should. I don't know how to do dog. I don't know how to raise dogs yet. Um, Boba Fett, and it was uh, my a twelve at gun line. Um, and I wound up playing uh, eight or nine act uh, clone list um, with Anakin, Cody, and some um, full arcs. And uh, unfortunately, that was just a case of red, you know. Red saves versus long range pierce. Uh, I just, I was way up by the time he got in range. Um, then he had to make some desperation plays. We were on hemmed in uh, VAPS, and I can't remember. It must have been clear conditions. Uh, clear conditions are basically clear conditions. Um, but yeah, I just, and unfortunately, <laughs> someday I'll play that list against not a clone gun line where I feel like I have a huge advantage at turn zero. Um, and I got to finish painting my Ahsoka though, so I can pivot back to that. But I, like, I felt bad playing you Alan where I was like, Oh man, look at all this Pierce I have. And then swap Anakin you know, or swap Ahsoka out for Boba to add just another Pierce gun, the rule with respect turn. And yeah, it was, it came out pretty well for me. I was like, all right, the list works. Um, I should subject myself to dark troopers at some point with it. I'm feeling brave and see if the two FD cannons are enough. It, I think it's the same thing with the, that FD cannons have in general. It's just, it's table dependent. If it's an open table, like those things will mulch well, yeah, pretty much was... anything, but I think they'll have a, take a good chunk out of those darks before they can get in range. It was um, interesting because I didn't have a good place to put them. But I just sort of accepted that I was like, well, if my opponent is shooting them instead of, because um, we were able to call it on turn five, but I had a squad of vets threatening to reach a VAP and t- tap it on turn six. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the thing. I was like, okay, if they're shooting the the FD cannons, um, yeah, just place them where they had the best shots and didn't they didn't really have cover from everything. But it was like, I don't know if that's correct. I'm I'm really learning them and I haven't seen... <laughs> I haven't found like a good guide resource for him yet, but I was like, yeah, if these things that can't move, you know, I, I knew that the onus was on my opponent um, because of my range and activation advantage uh, in that case, where I was like, yeah, if we just tap our VAPs, um, I'm going to be able to, you know, pick off a squad or two here. Um, you know, he's got to come to where I can get him to kill these FD cannons. Yeah. Um, the the change from range four to range five really helps the FD cans, especially because they're immobile. Um, just being able to reach out and touch something, at least, and they're cheap. They're relatively cheap. That they have a long range gun that they can have some say on what's going on. Um, and again, like you said, if they're shooting at the FDs, uh, they're probably ignoring something more important. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm still going to end up putting the FDs away for a minute just so I can finally get a fully painted rebel list on the table and <laughs> I have to paint I have to paint them yet and I'm so close to having everything else done. I haven't even figured out what paint scheme I want to put on them. I did a desert scheme for my vets and I'm really happy with it and I got to figure out if I want to do desert for my FDs to match. Yeah. Well, oh, the only other thing you when you were saying it, I 
I forgot to mention in my game against the clone gunline, we played hostile environment and he was hemmed in, so had no terrain. And oh, I saw God. it I saw it on the flop and I was like, I'm sorry. I apologized in like after the after the ban. Uh, um I just apologized because I was like, yeah, this is going to be pretty nasty for you because my list does one thing really well. And I just spent the first three turns um, firing both Dark Troopers at range four, not even worrying about doing any death. Uh, death Troopers, sorry, not Dark Troopers, at range four, just refreshing the suppression gun with the mortars as well. So putting eight suppression out a turn that he then couldn't clear because it was in the open not touching terrain yeah the only time i've ever felt really good about shooting units that have already activated like yeah well you're not going to get to move this unit into any cover now so yeah pile it on you can't you can't clear off the suppression so here eat this yeah and they had a unit of phase twos that did nothing if they fired one shot with the mortar in turn one and then that was the first target and it didn't do anything until i actually killed all of the models with my mortars just one it fails to save eventually dies and yeah it was it it was a fun and engaging time for my opponent you know i mean you gotta so you're saying you're a terrible person it's it's definitely you know one of the learning experiences legion because you set that table up right i didn't know he set it up Okay. Yeah. I, the yeah. luxury of a good table maker is so important because you know anything other than hemmed in, and you're you're probably fine. Where it's like, yeah, you know, oh, it's a little sparse on the one side, but you know whatever. Then you get that hemmed in little box, and it's like, oh boy. Oh no! It was, it was his deck. He was the one who was hemmed in, not me. So yeah, um, he passed a ban as well. So I saw the opportunity. As soon as he passed his um, his second ban, I was like, okay, we're doing it. We're going to have key positions hemmed in and um, hostile environment. And yeah, it was... I cleared lots of suppression because that's what my list does because I know that I'm going to be playing Annihilation Looms at some point. So my list is designed to clear all of that crap back away. So I had no problems at all. And he was just like, this is horrible. Like, yep, changing your deck later? Yes, yes, I am. Yep. So I think 45 will go back in his deck and uh, hemmed in, uh, sorry, um, Hostile Environment will come out, which I feel is a decent segue to the main topic, right? Works for me. We're going to start our um, series of looking at different missions and then battle decks built around and what kind of lists play that mission and generally that kind of content just to see how it feels so what do we have first alan well uh we just kind of went through the list and breakthrough is the first one on it so uh bot if you wouldn't mind let's see what's on that card breakthrough victory at the end of the game each player gains one victory token for each of their unit leaders within an enemy deployment zone is that simple yeah it's Yep, this one came in the box when we started the game. Real get to the touchdown zone. That's it. Chris, that's a reference. Oh, no, you if you follow American football, you own Jets jerseys. You're good. 
Alan, do you yeah. want to chip in to buy Chris and Aaron Rodgers jersey with me? <laughs> um, uh, you, you do it. You do what you want, man. But maybe, right. maybe we'll have to see if we can figure out how to force him to wear it. But you know, I I, used... I, ju- I just wear it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he wear. Uh, he's owns multiple Jets jerseys. Uh, I have two, in fact. Yeah, Chris and I are Jets fans. Well, that's uh, two more jerseys than I have of any sort. But I used to have a guy get me cheap, cheap jerseys, but that is a whole other story. So breakthrough, breakthrough is like speaking of things. It's probably my favorite objective because it's a constant decision between shooting and scooting. Like you can, you know, engineer the situation where it's like, oh, I have I have more X, and I'm just gonna you know run up the side of the board. Um, I've I've talked a bunch about how I'm playing. I I have for a minute now been playing. Uh, I I was playing infiltrators, and then I moved to force users and fast units, both of which like breakthrough. And then it is uh, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, if you guys don't mind me rambling with the wheel here, Go but I love with Cassian and Aiden in particular, um, you know, infiltrating to a good sniping position where you're kind of on the opposite side of the board from where your opponent's forces, so that you can shoot, shoot, shoot. And then, you know, have really only one, maybe two turns to move to your opponent's deployment zone. Breakthrough is neat, too, because it's one where, like, if you are trying to, you know, really get up, like, prep for a tournament with, and you can't just jam games in, you can math out how long it takes units to get from different starting points um, into their scoring zones. And that's a thing you should know. Uh, one of the tips that I try to give people is should really just leave the deployment zones out there. I, uh, misestimated the range on a game and it cost me because I just thought it was further out than it was, or my opponent's marker got knocked or something. Um, but that is one I strongly suggest if you haven't played a ton of breakthrough. And then I think you should be generally, people should be trying to play a ton of breakthrough because it's the objective dark troopers are the weakest on since it's a counting objective. Um, hundred yep. percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Breakthrough is, is a pretty good, it's a very dynamic, uh, objective just because it, there's the constant back and forth suppression creates a big role counting activations. So having more activations, um, you know, deciding, okay, are they going to double move? Can I move and shoot? Um, it's very important because each unit in the game will only ever have 12 activation, 12 actions through the course of the game. As soon as you get suppressed, you're going to start losing some of those. So you have to really, really account for how long it's going to take me to get across the field. You know, there are obstacles I have to get around, things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of strategies with that. Do I sit here and just I'm going to deny you getting into my deployment zone? Am I just going to bum rush all of my guys to yours? Find it out in the middle, somewhere in between. It's um, it's probably like one of the few objectives that probably is is going to be fairly evergreen. Like it doesn't matter what the meta is doing; it's always going to be a fairly relevant and dynamic um, objective. I think another good thing to mention in, at this part of a conversation is that it's also like polarizing in the flop. It's either an, an objective that you're happy to play or you really don't want to play. 
so it can kind of dominate its its positioning in the flop can kind of dominate how the pick and ban phase turns. Yeah, it, yep. I mean there are some people that do not like it. There are those that don't want to play it. Yeah, yeah, that's well, true. It's true. That's... And you you say that dark troopers aren't good about it. We'll we'll get back to that. That it they're less strong, but man. Like they're still gonna murder things, and they have. I don't know if they're not good they, at they it. They have it's tools. Just their weakest objectives. They're not as plus at it the way they are other. Sure, uh, maybe. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. Just on the face of it, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. So it's I just... think, given that we're starting with breakthrough, the easiest thing to kind of pair with breakthrough for me anyway is the deployments, like. I'm a huge fan of disarray and breakthrough as a combo. I'm, yep. Okay. Easy. I'll I'll take that. Uh, especially when I was running the my shadow collective style list, where I de- I had like two distinct, like a defender and attacking portion of my list. My capo and pikes are just happy to sit and plink away with the rifle. You know what I mean? They're they're happy to be in one disarray portion. And my mandos and gar are happy to be in the other, and then boss kind of floats between the two, depending on who I'm facing and how happy they are. But yeah, they they love disarray breakthrough. Here. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever lost a game of disarray breakthrough with that list because it just it loves it. It's really really easy because jump th- j- jump infantry with speed three um, that hits well at range three. Smacks at range four, at range two, rockets in there as well now because they got buffed and are cheaper, you know, as a unit in general. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for that as a combo. Yep. Yeah. It with the the variety of deployment zones, it the deployment zones you want, I think, come into play with with your list archetype. So, like, what what good lists are good at breakthrough anything with fast movers so mandos speeders tauntauns you know anything that can hover around the edge and then make a break for it at the end of the game um tend to be very strong on battle lines so blizzard force obviously quad bikes they're really gonna like breakthrough um buses that can take an extra unit run them up the field drop them off that's two points that you can get fairly easily any other kind of speeders um generally are the ones that like breakthrough at least on the aggressive side um yeah defenses are the one that uh you missed there yep Um, melee skews if if it wants to get to the other side of the board it's probably good at breakthrough 100 percent. yep um some of the lists that don't like it tend to be um your gun lines so whether that's clone ball gun lines, empire gun lines, you know, lists that want to just sit in one place and just either control the center of the board or not move. Um, those are the ones that probably struggle the most. Um, Blizzard Force is in an interesting position where, like, generally you're bringing quad bikes. The bikes want to move, but nothing else really wants to move. But you could do that kind of split, split force idea, like, Chris was saying, where you save the bikes till the end, you rush them in there, while the rest of your list just plays defense. Yeah. Um, And that's one I haven't done enough of that I'm, like, really curious about. 
is you talk about you're just playing defense, right? So I I've wondered as I'm playing the FD cannons, is just letting the FD cannons waste my opponent's time, especially if I have yeah a, a ten plus activation list. Is putting two of them down as a sacrifice? Does that actually still make breakthrough okay for me? Well, how, how many acts in that list do you have? All my FD cannon lists start at ten, and I I you know I've got a couple different ones that I'm tweaking. Um, they, they're all, you know, they all start with Cassian with rebels. Um, and then it's, you know, somewhere between 10 and 12. Right. So in, in like in the cases of your, say your 12 act list, I mean, okay. The FDs stay at home. Like they're obviously great defenders that are going to be able to make shots you know, until they're destroyed or until the end of the game, because they can just reach out and touch something. You don't have to worry about, hey, do I have to move these guys up? Like, it's real easy. You just shoot all the time. Do I need a defender? I have two defenders. There's no question in that case. Um, and when you're at 12 activations, you still have 10 that you can move up the board regardless. Now, when that's on a 10-act list, it's more of a question. But on a 12-act, yeah, I don't think it's a detriment. So one of the things I have been uh, thinking about recently is um, having breakthrough in in my deck, and then having to defend against a better list at breakthrough. So I think a deployment again, uh, looking at a deployment that would pair well for that kind of styling. Trying to defend, um, as an example, um, disarray is next to impossible. But hemmed in is great on defense because it's such a small deployment zone, and you, you as a defender, even if you're worse at the gate at breakthrough naturally with, through the list balance, you, if you're on blue player, you've got two zones you can go to. They've only got one. Yep, they have to come to you. Yeah, and you can kind of hum and haw on which way you're gonna go. So that's sure. one of the things I was looking at as a defender for breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- there's a lot to be said about the flop because you know even if you're not good at breakthrough if you have a good flop that you have a defensible like if i if i was on a gun line and it was you know do i play uh breakthrough on battle lines or battle lines hemmed in advanced positions or sorry uh disarray advanced positions yeah. battle lines those are not ones that if i am not a list that wants to see breakthrough, like I need to get rid of breakthrough on those deployments because yeah. it's, it's impossible. It's I, I, dang I near impossible long march. I'd throw long march in there as well, Alan. Probably, yeah. Because yeah, less so, just because you're going it's narrower. Yeah, they can be out of your range for longer, especially if you're playing for, against bikes, for example. Sure. They can just sit for more turns than you're comfortable with, and then you're either moving into them, which as you're a gun line, you don't want to. But they they have all of the agency in long march, um, yep. and yeah, it, it's one of those ones that's deceptive. You kind of think that it'll be better, but you, you it's also so deep for your deployment zone that they can push through you, and then you do you turn they around. Just, they just do donuts in your deployment zone if, yeah, if they wanted to. Right. And then they're also they're already scoring, and now they've got you surrounded to some extent. Yeah, yeah. tricky, tricky. To be sure, yeah. that's one of the great things about it. it's. It's a really simple. Hey, you got to get to the other deployment zone. 
but the the amount of strategy and options that you have with all the various list types to all the deployments and even conditions like conditions will help shape how that's gonna unfold you know yeah playing on clear conditions where you're constantly able to shoot at each other uh you know yeah. makes it, it, there's you know there's a certain amount of okay i have to be a lot more careful but as soon as you get to limited viz like yeah, i could, I was, I could be halfway across the field and then suddenly yeah. oh now we're fighting at range two you know yeah we touched it's, on it too but like hostiles one where you know you sort of have to play the the fat you you have to hopscotch across terrain pieces if you think you're gonna yep. get shot so that you don't start losing action to suppression yeah, because you need all of your activations, especially on the shortage deployments, because you have farther to go. You have to make sure you've got enough actions to make it across the field. Yeah. Um, so worth noting, too, on rapid reinforcements, depending on where you're, you know, how your opponent setups, where they go. Um, yep. You can rapid reinforce into scoring. 100 uh, percent. Be careful doing that, because it's also a good way to get those rapid units just murdered. So. Be smart about it. If you could put them like in their deployment zone behind line of sight, good luck. Because now they have to split their forces not only to defend because you're already scoring, but then ideally you have the rest of your army coming in as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, war weary, same type of thing with hostile. Like if you, depending on where you put your commander, if your commander's back with the defenders, like your your uh, scoring units could run out of steam before they get there either getting suppressed down or otherwise. Uh, fortified positions, um, some of the options you can do with placing those barricades, you can basically set up speed bumps on ideal lanes that people are going to want to travel to get to the opposite deployment zone. You just start putting um, barricades in the way. It makes it harder. It, it slows you down and changes the math on, well, can I make it in three turns? Mm. And also... You know, setting up gun line spots. So, like, maybe a gun line wants fortified so they can move up a little bit and threaten, but also be relatively safe in a fortified position. Yeah. But, and the same with minefield on that same token. You can use play, use the placements of the mines to kind of focus where people are going to go. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, it's one of you, it, you know, Chris, you mentioned there, sometimes you're playing the defender list and you're on breakthrough and you realize you really don't want to be there. Um, minefield is one of the ones that often is taken with breakthrough that maybe, I mean, you know, a lot of times with the breakthrough is a, a speeder list, but like sometimes minefield is in there and that's when you can try and grab to, to help yourself a little more. Um, you know, compared to some of the other ones, like it's it's there, and it might you might be able to use to hedge or slow down an avenue that you felt like yeah. you couldn't defend. Yep. Yeah, especially when I, especially I, when I, you sit on the stand on the mine and it doesn't go off, and then you're like, oh great, <laughs> now we're now I could lose even more of my aggressors. You know, stepping on this mine it just blows up on everybody. It's fun stuff. Fun stuff. <laughs> Yeah, everyone loves mines. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah also, actually, I'll go down. Yeah, one one more list archetype thing that I, I didn't mention is any units with um, secret mission sure seem to like breakthrough as well because yeah, they're they're a, a double double threat because 
they're just worth more. They're already trying to get to a deployment zone. They get there, they score twice, essentially, which is... Now, it's only two units in the game. We've got R2-D2 and Padme, but at the same time, like, they're, they're super okay with doing Breakthrough. It plays really well with those secret missions and Breakthroughs appearing because you... R2 especially, it's like the classic purring of it. You you want him to be hidden away. You want it to be really difficult. And it becomes that much of a focus that oh, I have to deal with this because it's worth... If I kill R2, it's worth two. But the effort you've got to put in to kill R2 could be better, you know what I mean? Better serve to 100%. do something else. So I think that's a really good combo and like definitely worth bringing up as something to... Yep be massively aware of yeah yeah something to be aware of but also something that you can use to your advantage if you have r2 or padme um with him being inconspicuous like is if they do not focus enough fire to kill him outright typically with breakthrough you're moving up other units with him as soon as he's inconspicuous you know they're they're stuck yeah um against r2 in particular you want to count the one pips because 100%. you can always melee him and blast yep. off will get him out of a melee. So if you're looking at your opponent's list you know, and you're thinking, okay, you know, they, like if they have some kind of list where they've snuck R2 in with Anakin and Cody, for instance, yeah, they, they probably don't have blast off, but it's, it's definitely one to think about because otherwise, yeah, you can mosh pit melee Anakin, you know, the, or not Anakin, R2-D2. Um, yeah, that, and that's, that came up in our game, not against R2-D2, but where I use my extra axe to tie up your units to prevent them from scoring. Um, that's, that's something you can do. Um, although we were key positions, but yeah, you can do the same thing on breakthrough. Um, you know, melee yep. is a powerful tool to not have to roll dice to stop scoring. Yeah. Um, especially because, you know, it takes their entire action and they can only make a speed one move. So if you tie someone up, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to move, you know, I'll just move, shoot, or move something like that. They're speed two away. You get into melee, suddenly they just cannot score. They absolutely yep. cannot score. Yeah. 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 You did the uh, that to me on. Oh, so, no, I tried to do it to you, didn't I? With getting one of your units in combat, Zach, for key positions. And um, something that runs on a similar line to locking someone up in combat is those standby bubbles of yep. if especially if you've got something like overwatch in there if they've got to take an unnamed shot to um you know kind of counter your standby then it you know what i mean it, it gets relatively dicey and it slows them down a lot alan brought it up right at the start you only get in 12 activations with a unit 12 actions with a unit yep. If one of them has to be an unnamed shot because they're scared of your standby, that can be punishing. Especially if they need to double just move. Just a hair too, by the way. Um, because we were talking about secret mission R2-D2. Padme is still a decision to make because you know a lot of times you're bringing her in there as a token battery. And yep. I would almost... Someone smarter than me can contradict this, but I would almost tell guard players not to go too far off your game just to chase that. Um, you know, if you feel like those tokens are, are a bigger part of what you need, um, don't oh, even on breakthrough, I don't think you want to over pursue that secret mission. And it, if I'm wrong, come into our discord or just tag me in, uh, the big discord or wherever, uh, yeah. write me a letter and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Love to hear it. 
And that Discord would be the Dice Hate Productions Discord. Linked in the show notes. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, going with that, with the Padme thing, I it, I would say generally stick with the plan that you already have with Padme. Use her as the token battery, as the authoritative, you know, um, and... Oh, what's the other keyword that she uses to share all the tokens? Wow. Um, and, uh, exemplars. Exemplars, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, it's... Stick with that plan, um, but definitely look at the flop and the map. If if the table layout is conducive to letting you do the secret mission, like it's definitely an option. It's something to keep in your tool bag, but I definitely, like Zach said, don't abandon your base plan for the list to go for the gimmick. But there's the there's the one-off time where it will definitely skew the game towards your favor. And I don't have a, a cheat sheet that would say, you know, when this is the setup, you can do secret mission. But something you got to feel, something you got to uh, I guess the just keep an eye out. Be aware of you're, it. Yeah. So, because one of the things you can get, like on a battle lines in particular, um, is you know set up two ships passing in the night where it's just we're both running across the board trying to score you know away from each other um mm-hmm. that is a great time to push for your secret mission but yep. your opponent probably shouldn't just I, the most common way that would have come up i guess is your opponent just doesn't know, think they're up on axe and didn't think all the way through hey sure. um it, that that would be the biggest example of yeah do the secret mission um versus you know play the game and try and score um uh, while you're playing while you're shooting back and forth like if you're a nine act you know garless with padme versus 10 act rebels or 10 act whatever and they just set up you know opposite corner of you yeah secret mission that yeah otherwise like you have no play you you have to do that in order to keep parity um otherwise you know they'll beat you 10 to 9 that's a really boring game but um, the other option is, especially if you, you are better at shooting, um, you may consider instead of setting up in the opposite corner, you know, either hedge towards like, especially for battle lines with breakthrough. Um, if you don't have flanking units, I wouldn't necessarily say go in the middle, but pick like, if you pick, uh, divide your line into thirds where that third line is, so either the left third or the right third, where you're not full commit to one side or the other or in the middle, then it gives you the option to at least poke at them on your way across. If you can get a unit down, it's going to be huge. But obviously, keep an eye out for them taking out your own units. Got it. it breakthrough is you're constantly... You have to keep the math going. Okay, how many acts can I get in? How many... Do I stop of theirs? How many can, you know, you, you have to keep that calculation going. And the big thing to keep in mind is light key positions. You don't score until the very end of the game. And it's the last round of the game. So if you're in a tournament situation and you're only getting to, you know, the timer looks like you're only getting around four or five, make sure you're keeping that in the back of your head. Okay, I might not get all 12 actions on these units. I might only get eight or ten. Something to just like something to keep in mind as sure. you're playing, even in store store level tournaments, this is gonna what kind of hopefully will help you level up your game is 
making sure you're keeping count of your activations and your actions, especially in breakthrough. Breakthrough, it's really important. Yep. It is it is one of the objectives where there's just no there's no substitute for bringing activations. Yep. Um do you want to go through a couple of lists where you always want to if you see the opportunity in the flop that you always ban to break through? Um I I I would say is like broad archetypes. Um I don't want I ideally this you know, would be kind of timeless um, so that we aren't too caught up in, you know, what's what's the meta right now. Uh, yeah, I don't mean, like, every upgrade and um, right, right. unit. Right, I just don't want us to sit here and go, like, cir- circle about Blizzard Force or whatever. Sure. Um, well, so, I mean, that, that I'm said, just gonna I say... think if you're running four bike Blizzard Force, I don't mind seeing Breakthrough. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I would be absolutely fine with Breakthrough. Um, speeder list in general, anything with fast movers, and like like we said earlier, what what lists are good at those? Depends on the terrain. I I, I would say it's more table dependent, um, in my opinion. But in general, fast moving units want to get to breakthrough. Yeah, that you know we mentioned it. Fast moving melee use. Um. You know, if you're if you're a gun line, especially like rebels and empire, have the enticements that don't like to move a lot. Um, your stores and mortars where it's low hit points and they're not fast. Um, that's one to be where you want to try and avoid breakthrough. Um, those those kind of gun lines typically don't like it very much. Um, I mentioned dark troopers because your activation count is almost always necessarily going to be lower. Um, when you're on the double dark trooper list, um, there's nothing that like, it's hard to think about stuff that truly hates breakthrough. You know, some of the low activation garlis struggle with it a little, um, and you don't need thumbs for it. So it it opens up a lot. Everything counts because it's unit leaders, vehicles count. Yeah. Troopers count. Everything counts. Um, Banning out, I would say, if you have a lower activation rebel list with FDs, uh, I would probably avoid it because your FDs won't survive the rest of the armory coming in. It'll help, I mean, but they won't survive. If you have a lower activation rebel list with FDs, you might want to go back to those building base. I agree. I agree. Unless you have a very specific plan and a lot of practice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I feel like we hit it mostly in in the list architecture where lists that are fast moving and want to go across the table anyway. So melee skews or speeders, they're yeah. naturally going to want breakthrough. Alan, I've got a question for you because you've got the most games out of any of us. Do you think there's a case for trying to force a zero to zero scoring on breakthrough and winning on points? If you feel like you're the less mobile or kill points, if you're the less mobile um, lower act list in breakthrough, I, or should you really always be trying to score something? I I would say you need to have some kind of commitment to try and score for two reasons. One is there are some cases where it, it is impossible to stop your opponent from getting to your lines. Um, in which case, if you're committed to defending and they get one across, if you cannot absolutely be sure that you're going to kill everything that comes to your deployment zone... It's going to be very risky to try and force the the zero zero. Um, 
depend like in my experience breakthrough goes one of two ways it's either very low scoring but not zero zero like it's going to be you know like two to one three to two three to one you know very low scoring where you kind of do a toilet bowl where you're still fighting and in that case units die um but still one or two get through and then it's again counting activations how many can i get through um or it's very high scoring which like if you have battle lines or like advanced positions where you're just absolutely avoiding each other then you know you'll have the the non-engaging breakthrough option where it's who brought more activations but if you're both starting 10-10 and you toilet bowl you know it's a 10-10 and then you go to the tie on that one um but those probably those don't happen as often as probably the low scoring games where you're trying you, you have to try and engage um, yeah especially now that blue player doesn't get to pick table side and their battle deck and right. win on ties yep yep <laughs> Early on, when blue player won on ties, absolutely they're going to not engage. They're they're yeah. going to go for that high scoring ten ten. Oh, I win because I'm blue. Now that's not necessarily the option because if you don't disengage, just ten ten. Oh, I brought eight hundred points, so I win. I brought seventy ninety nine. Well, mistakes were made there. Yeah, so, I think it's just that much of a risk to try to force that I on. Oh man, I just I I creep this one unit in, or you know what I mean. Especially, yeah. I suppose it depends on the deployment as well. But like, if we're playing battle line, one hundred percent never. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. It, it, I agree. It's definitely going to be way more dependent on deployment that you go for that zero zero. But in my experience, no, because you're still going to be working on threatening two or three units, like both ways. Like I'm going to have two or three units that. A majority of your guys are going to be trying to stop, and then majority of my guys, at least in you know your your gunline perspective list. Whereas I'm going to use a speeder bike list. Um, if I have you know triple speeder bike ATSD, my ATSD can threaten either way because either you have to commit to taking down the ATSD that's charging into your face because those things can still move pretty quick if they need to. Um, or the ATS he can just post up and aim shoot, aim shoot, aim shoot. It you know it entirely depends on the table and deployment. But the speeder bikes, you know, you're gonna save those to the end. And if your opponent has speeder bikes, they unless they rush them to you at the very beginning of the game, you're not gonna be able to def- kill them at the end of the, the game if they're playing them correctly. Like you, you just do not have enough firepower to take out three sets of bikes on round five. That's the random advice for speeder bike players too, if you're playing breakthrough, is remember, it's only on the last turn. Correct. No additional points. Yep, you don't don't get points for getting there turn one. (laughs) You're asking to have a bad time because then they're going to shoot your potentially winning units. So the last time I played Breakthrough was when I was messing with the ATST Blizzard Force list. So obviously the bikes were my main plan, but I definitely was like, you know what? I'm just gonna walk my ATST forwards the entire way through this game, and just I don't need to aim shoot every round as long as I make 100%. sure the 
my opponent knows that my HSG is going to make it, as long as I make sure that it becomes obvious, they then have to account for it. Yeah. Right. So the the big chunky units that you know the normal advice is to just ignore it because they they don't push buttons, they don't have thumbs or however we want to term it. But do you think there is uh, anything to to add? an AAT saber tanks? Yep. Absolutely. Make, making a run. Sab- saber tanks. You have to be a little more careful just because they have the weak point sides. But it would definitely be something that. You know, you move to the middle of the battlefield and then make it a question for your opponent. Okay, am I going to take this down or not? They ignore it, then obviously you just keep moving it. Otherwise, you know, you make it a roadblock. That's another option, especially with heavies, is you can't be moved through with those heavies. You can literally just block a, a route, yep. and now you make it impossible for a certain set of units to make it across the board. If they have to go around a sp- your tank and a piece of terrain with 12 activations some units literally cannot make it across the board even if they're double moving the entire time and then one last thing that came up in the same game we were on rapid reinforcements mm-hmm. i um i dropped snow troopers defensively uh to kind of reinforce against the line where soka was going to come in he sent um, a Mark II and just dropped it into my deployment zone. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk away from it. You can take that. You've got one. I'm never going to shoot it. You've got one. Yep. But now I'm going to kind of be out of your range. You're not going to do anything for the entire game. You've got a delaying activation. Sure. And kind of getting that balance of like, rapid reinforcements can be an environment card that plays really well into it but those units are going in turn one. So you have to know, like, yep. is this going to be enough of a, a mobile threat to keep up? Uh, you know, well, and even if, it, even if it's not a threat, like if it's there and you're not shooting it, that's a point. That's still a point that you now have to account for. Okay, so I have to make sure I get another body across his line to cancel that out. Yeah. So there's still value. Like he's still getting a victory point, even if you ignore it. But also, it's uh, four health of white saves that could easily be torn apart if it's, if you're overly aggressive with those rapids. Yeah. Um, anything else that, you think? To... Go, go on. Just like finishing that thought, like if you decided that you were going to kill that Mark II, it, there's not a lot he could do to stop it. Like, oh, you no. Turn a unit. Even if it takes two turns, you could use one of your defending units. You know, it's it's not going to survive very long. Yeah. Yeah. Any other deployments or environments you think work well with it before we start kind of wrapping up? We're getting close to the hour now. No, I think I'm good. Yeah. Hemmed in makes, I think we touched on it earlier, hemmed in definitely makes for interesting breakthrough because as blue player, you have one area that you have to defend and then you can go either or direction. It makes it, it makes a very interesting dilemma for yeah. red player. Okay. I think yeah, you some... probably don't want to end up on hemmed in. It's not as bad as um, it's not as bad as hemmed in payload, but uh, it's, def- it's definitely not ideal. I yep. I think generally though, most lists can have some level of play on breakthrough. I just always have it burned in my brain when I was playing Blizzard Force. Uh, one of my opponents like was so afraid of playing the mobile objectives that they vetoed into hemmed in breakthrough or hemmed in payload. Um, 
and you know got a demonstration on why that's almost a complete auto win and it's like breakthrough is not as scary as you think it is if you don't have a mobile list like you can yep. still still go places yep absolutely and especially with the gun line like generally with the gun line you're going to have better core better like a better base of fire so you can again it's part of the running calculation you have to make you can you know move post up take a couple turns of shooting try and get a couple units out and then start moving or you know you blitz to the middle of the field start shooting and then blitz at the end you know it it all depends something you got to feel out but keep that mental calculation going okay how many activations do i have um how many actions do i have am i going to get suppressed out if these guys go too fast because you know it's a balance you don't want to move too fast but if you move too slow you're going to run out of gas before you get to the touchdown yeah um trying to think if there's anything else now i think we kind of covered most of that right it's not much more to to go over i think that pretty well rounds it out play more breakthrough it's fun oh it's definitely a good mission yeah yeah it's probably one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic game. You can get the toilet bowl games that are super boring, but most of the time it always comes down to the wire on those games. Yeah. Okay. So that is the first one of our kind of a little bit more deep dives on a specific card or a unit type or something. I don't think we're necessarily going to do this every show. We kind of keep it as interesting as we can, but yeah, I, Hopefully that's of value to people. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah. Um, join us in our in the Dice Hate Discord. Uh, give us some feedback. If you have strong opinions on an objective you want us to look at next, uh, be sure to let us know there. Yeah, that kind of summarized everything. So thanks again, guys. It's been fun. Uh, definitely interesting. I, I learned a little bit because I've, I've not really played a massive amount of breakthrough, even having run the um, the Mandal- triple Mandos and Gar. I kind of, every time I was, it was on the table, they're still better with the bikes and stuff like that. So getting a little bit more. Kind of frustrating because people are really afraid to play it a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a good one to force to be like, hey, we're going to, we're going to have an interesting game. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we if no one has anything else, we'll uh, we'll call it a show and see everyone next time.